the Bible Study Podcast, episode 701. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the book of 1 Corinthians with chapter 3. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue our study here of 1 Corinthians. We're going to jump into chapter 3, The Church and Its Leaders. Brothers and sisters, I could not address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who are still worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, not solid food, for you are not yet ready for it. Indeed, you are still not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? What, after all, is Apollos, and what is Paul? Only servants, through whom you came to believe, as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose. They will each be rewarded according to their own labor. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I laid a foundation as a wise builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive reward. If it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in your midst? If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred and you together are that temple. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile. So then no more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. Okay, again, a fair amount of things to unpack here. First of all, he's talking to them about maturity. And he is saying to them that they are not mature as Christians. And that raises the question of what does Christian maturity mean? But one of the things he's saying here is that your behavior shows how mature you are in Christ. That when people come to know Jesus, then they bring with them however they've been behaving in their old life and however the people around them are behaving and they behave that way. And that is typical. He's not saying there's nothing normal about that. He's just expecting them to grow up, to grow into the faith that they have. 
he's saying that because he sees this quarreling among them, he is interpreting that that they're not growing up into Christ, that they're still behaving the way that they used to behave, that that quarreling, that sense of I'm on this team, you're on that team, is part of what tells him they are not mature. They're not ready for solid food. They're not ready for the next step in their faith. They're still dealing with kind of basic things. Like an infant, an infant is completely natural that an infant drinks milk, but you wouldn't want them to still be drinking just milk when they're 15 or 25 or 35. And then in the same way, we are expected as the Holy Spirit dwells in us to change. We're expected to move away from the way we were, to move away from the way people are around us into becoming more like Christ. And so he says, you're, you're not. <laughs> I gave you milk, not solid food because you weren't ready and you're still not ready. And then he goes on to talk about Apollos and Paul. Nothing special about Apollos and Paul. They're just two servants, right? It's not one team versus the other team. They both had different roles. He said, I planted, Apollos watered. So Apollos came after Paul. Now you can go back into the book of Acts and you can discover when Apollos and Paul met each other and Apollos was known as a good teacher. And so he brings the people along after Paul leaves in this place in Corinth. And it's again, he's not saying Apollos caused this problem of one team or the other that, you know, some are Paul and some are Apollos. He's saying that Apollos had his ministry. I had my ministry. Each one did our part. But it's God who makes things grow. It's God's work that they're at, and they're just servants. And the same is true for us. And if we think too much of ourselves and our role, then we too may be a little less mature than we are thinking. And that part of that maturity is to see yourself as you are, is to have that humility. And he sees himself as he is, just a servant of God in God's service with a a particular role. And he says, we laid a foundation. We built something. We built on Christ. We told you about Christ and that you should be careful what you build. You should be careful what you say, but you should be careful as you're building up the church, as you're building up the people of God. You should be careful what you do. And you can build, he says, at different materials. And, you know, you can build with gold and silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw. Well, Obviously, some of those, when the fire comes, which he says is coming on the day, and that's capitalized in the English version, the day of judgment. And he's saying the day will come when when everything is shown to be its value, right? That if you build in straw, it's kind of like the big bag wolf will come and you're going to have some problems. But he's not saying here they will be lost if they build a straw. It's just that they will they won't have a reward and also that they will flee to God as one who is escaping the flames. I don't know if you've seen that, but I live out here in California where we've had this, unfortunately, every year in fire season in the summer, where there are people who have to flee that particular hillside or this particular hillside or this particular town with only what they can quickly get in their car, the smell of smoke on them. And he's saying that if we don't build with the correct materials, then we're going to be like that person who is just fleeing the flames. Now, what are the correct materials? What does that mean? If anyone builds on this foundation using gold, costly stones, silver, wood, or hay, 
What is that? What is he talking about there? Well, I think he's talking about our works. And again, he's not saying works are what saves us. He's going to argue against that in other books that he writes very strongly. But he's saying that there is a reward for those who do well, that we are working for the pleasure of God who sent us. We are God's servants and that God will reward us. But also part of that reward is just the pleasure of God, that God will be pleased with us if we do the work well. And in this case, he's talking about the work of building up the church. And I think it's useful to start framing your thoughts as this is corporate that he's talking about, not just individuals. We in the U.S. tend to think of our Christianity in a very individualistic way, and that is part of our culture, which is also, again, probably part of our immaturity, because he's not talking about me, he's talking about us. And you'll notice that in the next couple verses, he says, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple? Now, you could interpret that singular, you could interpret that plural, but he goes on to say, God's spirit dwells in you. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person. God's temple is sacred, and you together are that temple. So this time he very explicitly, even in the English translation, says, I'm talking about you, the church in Corinth. You, the church in Cupertino, California. You, the church in Pittsburgh. You, the church in wherever you're hearing this. That you together are God's temple. That the Spirit dwells in your midst. We're not called to be Christians as individuals so much as we're called into this communion with God and with one another. And he's going to go into much more detail about that later on in this book. But that's one of the reasons why he's starting with this issue about you're dividing yourselves up is that, to quote the song that was popular when I was growing up, they will know your Christians by your love. That part of our witness and probably the most important part of our witness is how we treat people, especially in the church, but of course also outside the church. You can preach the best sermons, but if people look at you and see someone who is not loving, then Paul will say later on in this book, you're like a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. You're just making noise. As St. Francis of Assisi said, preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. That all of what we do is preaching. All of our actions and how we treat people is our witness. Are we a reliable witness or not? That's really more of the question. It says, do not deceive yourself by thinking you are wise. So again, he's dealing with, don't think of yourself as all that special. Don't think of yourself as all that wise. You should become fools so that you may become wise. You should, I think, would interpret that as, you should be humble so that God can teach you. If you think you know everything, you can't learn anything. And we're not called to be the person with the answers. We're called to be the person with the questions. We're called to be the one who can tell somebody else that it's not me, it's Jesus. 
I'm not that special. He is. And that's what Paul is doing here. He's saying, whether it's Paul or Apollos or Cephas, the world or life or death of the future, it's all in your hands. It's all yours. And you are of Christ and Christ is of God. That you are God's, that you are Christ, that you are God's. So he doesn't want us to boast. Doesn't want us to boast about our human leaders is in particular where he's getting to right now. No more boasting about human leaders. All things are yours, whether Paul or Apollos or Cephas or the world or life or death or the present or the future, all are yours. But, and I think probably the most important part of that paragraph, and you are of Christ and Christ is of God. That that connection to Christ and that connection of Christ to the Father as Christ is in that role that connects us, reconnects us to God is the most important thing. We'll get more into this community thing and what it means to be the temple of God and the people of God together as we go further into this book. And it's one of the reasons I wanted to study Corinthians. But with that, we're going to end this episode of the Bible Study Podcast. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment at this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. And thanks so much for listening. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's Word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge, and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, You can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.